Welcome to Golden Point Sports, your number one sports talk podcast. Now for your host, two guys who are killing the dad bod book, living out their faith, and talking sports, Robert Foster and Brad Winter. On today's episode, Brad and I are going to preview the 2021 offseason for the AFC and NFC West. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it should be a lot of fun for sure. If you, if you missed our NFC and AFC South uh, uh, preview for the 2020 offseason, that was last week's episode, so go back and listen to that. Um, also, Brad, this week we actually launched our Twitter. Um, now, Brad and I – I'm being honest with you, we're not we're we're not huge on Twitter. Uh, I mean, I guess we use it, but um, but we will be trying to be as active as possible on that Twitter account. Um, it'll it'll allow us to uh, talk about littler stories uh, instead of just on the Facebook page or um, or through uh, or or through the Instagram. That is, but either way, um, on on face or on Twitter, it's uh, at Golden PT Sports. Uh, and so, yeah, go give us a follow. Uh, it should be, uh, like I said, it should be a lot of fun uh, on there. Anyways, all right, Brad, let's uh, let's jump into this. Our first topic is NASCAR, of course. We we last couple of weeks we've been doing NASCAR, and it's been wild, wild finishes. Um, and we're wild winners, uh, maybe not finishes, but just kind of wild winners the last couple of, or the last three weeks, the first three weeks of the season. Um, so for the Dixie Vodka Four Hundred. Uh, Brad and I, Brad took Ryan Blaney, uh, and I chose Denny Hamlin. Uh, Ryan Blaney, he finished uh, in the 20s, I believe, like 21, I believe, something like that, uh, 23. And then uh, Denny Hamlin finished right at 11. So he was one spot out of getting me at least one point. So Brad still leads three to zero. Uh, again, uh, first place gets you five points. Second place gets you three, or in the top five gets you three points. And top 10 gets you one point. All right, Brad, this week with the Pennzoil 400 in Las Vegas. Um, Brad, who's your pick? Yeah, so I'm actually going to go for Martin Truex. I know he is the favorite for the week, but just hear me out. Uh, for whatever reason, before I picked, before I did some research, he was just kind of the name on my mind. Now, I'm saying that uh, I don't know a lot of NASCAR. Uh, I just have seen his name several times before. Um, and on top of that, there's just been some really odd names that are winning. And I say odd names, like just guys who aren't usually up there uh, winning, you know, the, the races or, or ones that are finishing. And so uh, I know he's the favorite. I know he's had the most success on short tracks, on 1.5-mile tracks. Um, and, yeah, I think he's been doing pretty decent this year. So I, I really went between him and Denny Hamlin. Uh, Denny Hamlin's not necessarily a, a shot to win. Uh, but but he's been doing good this season. I mean, like you just said, he finished 11th last week, um, and he does well usually on short tracks. So I'm going to go with Martin Jewish Jr. here going into Las Vegas. All right, Brad. So that was good. I, I, I like the Martin Truex pick. He was, uh, he was my second choice this week, uh, if you would have took my first choice, which is Kevin Harvick. Uh, Kevin Harvick, he's got the pole. Uh, so I – you know, look, I, I need some points. And uh, usually if you have the poll, uh, I would think that you could at least finish in the top ten, right, if not win it or finish top five. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking to get some points here, uh, if at all possible. But either way, Brad, uh, so, yeah, I'll take Kevin Harvick here. Um, he's a guy that definitely needs to improve. Uh, or, you know, I, I, he's not – I don't know if I'd say he's past his prime, but he, he definitely is a guy who, who could use a win here for sure. But uh, but either way, Brad. Um, yeah, I got Kevin Hart. You got Martin Truex Jr. Uh, by the way, Martin Truex Jr. I think that's a good pick. Uh, personally, um, I like that pick a lot. And I mean, I would have picked him if you would have possibly taken Kevin Harvey. But uh, either way, again, just a refresher to the folks also playing along with us. You can only pick those dr the driver one time during the season, um, so you have to be kind of strategic with it. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, now the, when the playoffs come, you can kind of pick whoever. Um, but, yeah, it, it's one time during the season. Uh, and, and we the first couple of weeks, Brad, we've uh, first three weeks, we've kind of used some guys that are uh, – uh, could definitely win a, a lot of races. I, I know I – you know, I, I whiffed on Chase Elliott at the Daytona Road Race. Um, you know, I mean, I guess he whiffed at the end too, but that's, that is what it is. 
All right, Brad, let's go on to our next topic, and that is Big Ben of the Steelers, uh, your Pittsburgh Steelers. He re-signs for another year uh, with the Steelers. Uh, Brad, well, how do you feel about this? Do you think it's the right move for the Steelers? And then also, um, could this possibly be Ben's uh, last year? Uh, and and maybe, maybe last year with the Steelers, but uh, maybe last year overall. Yeah, um, my first, my first, uh, my first thoughts on it is <clears throat> I don't think it's a bad thing. Look, a lot of people gave Ben crap. Um, there were times where you you do watch him throw during the game. And you're like, man, like I mean, it's like watching Drew Brees last year. You just you just know like it's kind of the end. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, Ben did throw 33 and 10. You know, 33 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Uh, had a quarterback rating over 94, uh, had had his best completion rate, rating uh, of his career. And so was he part of the problem last year? I, I would say yes. I mean, but people forget that we started off 11-0. I mean, out before we started getting injuries to the offensive line, before the run game decided to disappear, uh, Ben was doing great. Uh, I mean, Chase Claypool was definitely a product of that. Uh, James Washington a few times. Uh, Juju was starting to get going. Uh, towards the end of the year there. And so, um, you know, yeah, did the Steelers lead the league and, and drops passes as a, as a team as a whole? Yes. Um, and so I don't know if, the, if all the blame could be on Ben Rossberg. So, yeah, I, I, I say bring him back. I've, I've heard a lot of people, uh, a lot of people who know the Steelers a lot better than I would say I do, who live in Pittsburgh, who, who follow them, report on them, write on them, say uh, that they think that they should uh, let – uh, Mason Rudolph take the reins over for a year, and if we can see him being a future quarterback, great. We can't. Well, then we pick, we get a low draft pick, and uh, you know you draft for the future at quarterback position at the, at the top of the top of the draft. And so, uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I so that my thoughts are I, th- I think it's good. Um, I it's hard because like you're so used to. I mean, it's like the Patriots. Like it's like saying when Tom Brady was there. Now, granted, Tom Brady is the goat. Whatever you know. But when he was there, or say when Brett Favre was in Green Bay, Darren Rodgers behind him, Peyton Manning was in was in Indianapolis. Uh, you know who? I mean, even Philip Rivers with L.A. I mean, when they leave, it's like, who? What? Like we're supposed to have another quarterback? It's it's just different because you're used to the same name for a long time, um, and and with, especially when they're good quarterbacks, like really, like even if Russell Wilson were to leave Seattle, which it seems like he's going to, like that's going to be weird for Seattle fans to say a different name besides Russell Wilson next year. And so uh, I think that's why so many Steelers fans are okay with him coming back for one more year because there's just that weird, like, I, I don't know. I don't, it's going to be weird without Ben. Like, he's not going to be on the bench. He's completely gone. Now we have to, you know, really start over. And, uh, and, and honestly, I think as a Steelers fan, this is his last year. I mean, he has, like, two or three kids. Uh, I know he wants to spend more time with them. I, I know he's also struggling to give up football. I think every player is like that. I mean, look at Brett Favre. Um, look at Peyton Manning, look at others who probably hold on a little longer than they should, um, but they have. And uh, it's hard to give up the game. I mean, if you listen to our guests last year during the summertime, a lot of them who had to hang it up officially, it was hard for them. It was hard for them to walk away from the game. And so, yeah, I say let's give him one more year. I, I, I really do think he'll retire this year. And uh, are we going to the Super Bowl? I mean, I, I don't see that happening. Um, you know, unless – I mean, I think we really need to fix the offensive line in the running back position. Uh, but at the same time, uh, and there's been reports today saying that the Steelers are interested in re-signing Bud Dupree. So I'm not really worried about the defense. It really comes down to the offense line and running back to see whether or not we go anywhere next year. Um, if we can get a good running back in there, like like Tom Brady had at the end of you know going into the playoffs with Leonard Fournette, um, then then it could change things. So that that's just my two cents. You know, I I like that. I like that take. Um, you know, I think that. I think that Big Ben, I, yeah, like you said, I mean, you started out 11-0. and 0, um, You know, obviously, you, you you didn't finish it the way you thought you was going to, really. I mean, you know, for starting out 11-0. Um, but I think that that had a lot – I think it had a lot to do with uh, not just Ben, but, you know, I mean, you just, the running game is non-existent. Um, I mean, the defense got injured. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, but Big Ben coming back for one year – one more year um, – you know, I, I, you know, as as a football fan, um, I don't mind seeing it for sure. I, I think I kind of feel the same way. You know, Philip Rivers is now gone. You know, Eli Manning gone. Uh, when Big Ben is gone, you know, Peyton Manning is gone. Uh, you know, Tom Brady's probably still got ten years left. But whenever he's gone, 
Uh, I mean, th this was my childhood, Brad, for, well, my teen years at least, uh, of watching my teen years into my, like, early 20s, um, watching all of these guys play. And so, yeah, it's just um, – it, it is what it is. But um, a lot of uh, – I think that we, we – it's I think it's hard for, for a lot of us because we – we've devoted so much time to watching um, these guys play. And, uh, and so it's just hard to see a lot of them go. Uh, and I, you know, I'll probably feel, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure that there's, uh, there's probably Titans that, you know, is coming to mind that, um, that I felt the same way about them. Um, I, I, I've never, I've actually never personally seen an entire career of a, of a Tennessee Titan, for instance, that's lasted as long as Ben has with the Steelers. So, um besides like well no i i personally yeah no i haven't yet seen that so um but yeah i, I think that it's um i i think that big ben coming back for another year is good but uh, i think if if there's an obvious decline there you know i don't know I, you know a guy like Dwayne haskins maybe he can learn a lot from him and hey maybe maybe he's the future i don't know but um uh, but for now it's big ben and we'll see i mean we'll see does he make it through the season you know, we'll see. Uh, if he were to get benched or to get injured, probably he's going to be a probably he's going to be a career ender for him. But, um, but you know, we'll see on that too. You never know. Maybe he plays for another ten years as well. Um, who knows, right? Anyways, all right. Let's go to Russell Wilson and the trade rumors. We we've kind of put this off for a couple of weeks because we really just kind of like kind of blew it off. You know, I you know some tip some players are just unhappy. Yada yada yada. It is what it is. Um, but. I really want to talk about it this week because we are going to be talking about the NFC West in, in just a little bit. But Russell Wilson and the trade rumors, Brad. Um, look, the Seahawks are apparently taking calls. Um, now, Wilson's come out and said, well, I don't want to be traded, but if I were to be traded, these are the four teams I'd like to be traded to, and it's the Chicago Bears, the New Orleans Saints, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, Russell Wilson kind of, kind of determines where he goes. Um, I, the Saints, I don't think can afford him. Uh, the Raiders, I mean, Mike Mayock is apparently sold with Derek Carr. Um, he's come out and he, you know, he, he's, you know, he's really backed him. Uh, now that doesn't mean a whole lot, but I mean, I'd rather have Russell Wilson, than Derek Carr, but that's maybe, maybe, I mean, I, I would like to think that Mayock and Gruden would like the same. Um, the, the Dallas Cowboys, well, I mean, I guess that they could tag and trade Dak. Um, maybe it makes sense for both sides. Uh, and then the other thing is, um, you know, the Chicago Bears, I think Matt Nagy, I mean, I think Matt Nagy might be able to do something with, with Russell Wilson. Um, but, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders, they're, I mean, they're outside of the conference too. Like, I think that's a big deal. But, Brad, how do you, um, how do you feel about – well, not really how do you feel – where, where could you see – out of these four teams, let's only really talk about these four teams because those are the teams he's kind of said he'd like to go to. Um, out of those teams, who, who do you think could, uh, could, could he possibly go to? Yeah, so, like, I agree with you. The Saints, I mean, they're, they're at a $75 million cap casualty right now. Um, they're trying to figure that out. But, they again, they would like a quarterback, but we don't know. You know Drew Brees isn't officially retired, but it kind of looks like he is. Um, you know, so they could take a – I think they'll at least take a flyer on them. I think they'll at least explore some options. We might see some players get cut because they're trying to make some room for Russell Wilson. So you might see, like, Emmanuel Sanders and some others go because they want to get Russell Wilson in there. Um, and I think, honestly, for Russell Wilson himself, I think that's the best option besides the Dallas Cowboys. Um, the reason I say Dallas Cowboys is Dallas Cowboys does have a good offense. I mean, Amari Cooper – uh, you know, Michael Gallup, uh, you have Zeke in there. I mean, you just have a plethora of, of, of offensive weapons at your hands at the Cowboys. Their defense got better last year as the season went on. Uh, you know, and, and this is the thing with Dallas, is that Russell Wilson, in, in, in all reality on paper, is actually would be actually cheaper than Dak. I mean, Dak's been putting up some MVP numbers. So did Russell Wilson begin the year, but Russell Wilson's older. Um, and, and I really do think that, uh, in the long run, Russell Wilson will save you more money than Dak would. So, if you're looking to save money, which Jerry Jones isn't known for one to be a uh, – he's not known to be a uh, penny pincher. And so, I, I don't know if you'd really care about the money aspect, but I, I really do think Russell Wilson would be a cheaper option. 
Um, and then you can let, you know, let Dak go, let him try to explore that, that market, see who wants to take a chance on him after his injury last year. Um, and then the Chicago Bears, I mean, I think that's the easiest to say just because of their quarterback situation. Although I do think – I don't think Mitch is as bad as what everybody says he is. I mean, I really do think he's he's not – I mean, he's not – look, he's not a Tom Brady. He's not a Patrick Mahomes. But I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. But I do think that Russell Wilson would be an upgrade there. Um, and so, I mean, Chicago seems like the – like, theoretic, like on paper, looking at it, it looks like the, the, the Bears are the easiest – or the, the easiest transition for him because it seems like he would right away go in, have a starting position. I think with the Cowboys, you know, they have to be willing to part with Dak. And I don't know if they're ready for that just yet. Hey, I like those. I, I like that take. Um, you know, you brought up Mitchell Trubisky, and uh, honestly, um, a little bit of a a little bit of a teaser, but I I actually think Trubisky could maybe be an okay fit in New England. Um, Personally, I, I think uh, I think Bill Belichick would be good and Josh McDaniels would be good for Trubisky. But um, but either way, um, yeah, no, I, I, Russell Wilson. Um, there, there's a lot of uh, moving parts um, in this. I, Russell Wilson, you know, when when we were watching Super Bowl and you know, and you saw him up there in the you know up up in the boxes beside you know Goodell, you could just tell that he was like, why am I not there? You know, like I'm a good enough quarterback to be there. Why am I not there? You could kind of just see it. You could, you know, I mean, if, if a face, you know, his his face said a, a thousand words, basically, um, because it, it literally, it spoke volumes for sure. But either way. Um, all right, Brad. So let's jump off of football for just a moment. Uh, and let's talk about the NBA All-Star Game. Um, that's happening this week uh, or this weekend. Um, you know, do you, uh, will you watch? Uh, all the festivities, the game itself. Uh, personally, I'm a big fan of the dunk contest. I mean, I don't know who isn't. I know the dunk contest isn't as good as it used to be. Um, do you think that there was any snubs in the All-Star game? Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, just kind of just kind of talk about it. I actually thought that John Morant should maybe have got in, but I, I know he will. Um, it, it may actually take, uh, you know, maybe it'll be next year. It might take Chris, Ball, Chris Paul retiring. I don't know. but uh, But either way. Um, yeah, I mean, just kind of what's your thoughts on the All-Star game, the All-Star weekend, uh, what you like about it, and all that good stuff. Yeah, so I'll just go with the East first. You know, uh, Jalen Brown, he finally got in. I think that's good. I think the last year, Jalen Brown's really shown that he is a a major, major piece on that Celtics team, and so it's good to see him get in. Uh, I like the Zach Levine pick, uh, you know, uh, Zach Levine, sorry, Zach Levine pick. And, look, I get it. You're like, well, he's won the dunk contest. But, honestly, I feel like he's finally starting to expand his game and becoming a more all-around player. He's not just a guy who can go to the dunk contest, hit a few dunks, and that's what you expect during the game. Like, he's actually doing well passing the ball this year, rebounding. Uh, he's a piece on the Bulls that uh, is probably the most valuable piece right now in that Bulls franchise right now. And so uh, it's good to see him finally expand and, and round out his game a little bit more. I also like the Julius Randle pick. Uh, you know, he's averaging career best in points and rebounds per game. Uh, but, you know, it's you rarely see a, a Nick. Let's just be honest. You rarely see a Nick in the lineup unless it was Melo or if you go all the way back to, like, Patrick Ewing. So so, so that that is, you know, just for historical, you know, with the Knicks, that, that's pretty cool. And they're over 500, so that's surprising. Um, I also like the Sabonis pick uh, that, you know, he – you know. Uh, KD was hurt, and so they, they moved Sabonis up into the reserves. And uh, I like that pick. I've, I've gotten to watch a few of the Pacers games, I, I guess, because uh, I'm, in, I'm in, you know, right across the river from Indiana, so they come in a little bit more frequent for me. Uh, and the, the games I've seen Sabonis play, he plays, he plays really well. Uh, he's a big man who – he reminds me a lot of Marc Gasol, um, and I think that's why I like him so much. But, um, you know, so the West – I don't – yeah, John Moran – I. I can see that, but again, I, I think it goes back to, I mean, it's a pop, popularity contest. I mean, it's not necessarily based on stats. And so uh, when you're looking at, you know, Paul George is in there, well, you know, Paul George isn't terrible. He's he's oft injured. I don't know if I'd consider him one of the better – I mean, he could, I consider him one of the better players, not the, one of the best players in the game anymore. Um, and so, yeah, so I think until some of those older names, like you were saying, move out of the NBA, Chris Paul – uh, which, well, granted, I I mean, Chris Paul, I mean, he's t he went to the Thunder, uh, turned around a team that nobody was going to do anything last year and took him into a, a fifth seed and into the playoffs. Uh, and then this year he has the Suns looking looking up right now. So uh, I like that Chris Paul. 
uh, picking the West. I'll, I'll move right into the West. So the West, I have no surprises there. Um, you know, I, I think even if you were a casual fan of the NBA, these are the names that you would expect in a Western Conference All-Star roster. I mean, Kawhi, Paul George, uh, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, you know, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Uh, these are the names you're going to expect. But I, I think I do like uh, the, Devin, the Devin Booker gets in with the Anthony Davis injury. Devin Booker's good. I mean, he's one of the up-and-coming stars. He has been for the last two years now. Uh, that man could just shoot. And so I like that he gets in. Uh, you know, it stinks that Anthony Davis had to get an injury for him to get in, but I do like that he gets in, again, showing, uh, showing the faith for the younger good players. And I, and I do like that Dame got in. I know Dame's been in a couple of times before. I think he's one of the more underrated t- players in the league as far as offense and defense goes. And so I really do like – I do like that they picked up uh, Damon Lillard and put him on the roster. Um, and so, yeah, so for me, I, I think the teams are good. Uh, I don't think any of them were super surprising uh, as far as picks goes. Uh, but, again, I like I like the East a little bit more than the West just because they, they went outside the box. And maybe that's because the East just doesn't have that many good players. I don't know. But, you know, like I said, finally putting Jalen Brown in, Zach Levine, putting Julius Randle in there, moving Sabonis up, put him in there. Uh, you know, Vucevic is in there. Uh, so, so yeah, so I like the East because I feel like it's a little more diverse. Like, there are some names that you may not necessarily expect, especially if you're a casual NBA fan. I'm mean, going to change the game a little bit because, I mean, after a while, you kind of just get tired of seeing this. It's good they're all-stars. You're not say, you're not denying their talent. But sometimes you just want to see the guys who are doing like a TJ McConnell for the East. You know, he leads the league in steals. You know, that would have been good to see him in there, add some defense to a game that usually runs high on offense, you know. And so, anyway, so that's, that's kind of my thoughts going into the, the All-Star game. But I, I probably will only watch the game. I probably won't watch anything else that they have. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, the East is – the East is a little more leveled out now, you know. I mean, with Durant and Harden and, and Westbrook over there, uh, they're a little more – you know, they're a little more leveled out, um, I'd say, than what they uh, have been in the past. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, the West just definitely seems like it's really stacked um compared to the east but you know hey i mean um i I think that uh, i think that the all-star game to me it's uh you know it's most likely it's it's like the pro bowl in nfl it's popularity contest for the most part um i think that there's obviously going to be snubs there's going to be guys who got in who probably shouldn't have um or there's guys that you could make the case that shouldn't have got in i think the nba is probably a little less like that in my opinion i think the nba um, you know, there's a lot of guys that get in an NFL that's just like, especially when it comes to like, say, offensive linemen, for instance. I, I mean, it's like, it's like, dude, this dude that didn't even play all year <laughs> and he got in, like, how? Um, or, you know, it's just one of those things to where it's, um, yeah, and maybe that's kind of what I like about the NBA a little more. I, that might be the only thing about it is it is a popularity contest, but it's a popularity contest that actually makes sense. Um, and so, yeah. Anyways, all right, Brad, let's talk NFL 2021 offseason preview for the AFC West and the NFC West. Let's start with the AFC West first, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs. They, uh, they finished second overall in the entire NFL as they, uh, as they lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, uh, but they make it to a second consecutive Super Bowl. Probably, in all honesty, a couple of years ago, should have probably, if D Ford wasn't offsides, uh, they make it to another Super Bowl, and there would have been a third one in a row. But that is what it is, and that's in the past. Um, either way, Kansas City Chiefs, um, when you look at this team, you're like, well, do they really need a whole lot? I mean, they got Patrick Mahomes, they got Terry Hill, Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, maybe their running back situation's good uh, with CH, possibly. Um, personally, though, I, I like – I would like it if they could fix their offensive line. Um, you know, I know that defense, the defense isn't great. Um, but as long as Mahomes can actually have time, I, I think the Chiefs are, are just fine. Um, now, granted, you know, Fisher, look, look, Fisher, I think he might be out all year long with the injury, you know, with this Achilles injury, right? So, um, so I think that maybe they need to get a little younger. Uh, and then also if they get uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, uh, back um, as he was uh, saving lives with uh, with COVID up in Canada, um, and so I, I think that uh, I think if they if they can get healthy on that offensive line and maybe get younger, um, I think that they're in a really good place. Now, granted, again, defense obviously needs help, but Brad, what what do you um, 
how do you feel about the Kansas City Chiefs? And then also go into uh, talking about the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, so for the Chiefs, you know, I really uh, wanted to go to the offensive line too. And that, that's probably their most glaring need. I, I think, you know, obviously, like you're saying, Patrick Holmes needs some time. We saw that in Super Bowl. Uh, you know, everybody has seen the uh, falling to the ground pass 300,000 times from the Super Bowl. Uh, so, yeah, offensive line obviously is an immediate need. But I'm actually going to say I think they need a better second or third uh, receiver option. You know, most teams aren't going to be able to shut down Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Uh, but I thought the Bucks did a really good job shutting down shutting down both Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Um, and so, you know, they went to Hardman. And Hardman just couldn't – he just couldn't go. I mean, he had the good 50-yard run off the jet sweep. But as far as catching the ball, he just – him and Mahomes were just off, and maybe just because Mahomes goes to Hill and Kelsey so much, which again I don't I don't blame them. I think they're good options, but I think that you have that second true like slot receiver they can go to without having all the pressure uh, put on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Because I mean, again, we saw that in the, in the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay said, "Hey, we're going to shut down two guys. Don't let everybody else run wild, but we're going to shut down two guys." And it worked. It worked uh, between the pressure and shutting down Hill and, and Kelsey. Uh, you know, and Hardman being forced to be an Roman receiver just didn't work out. So I think, you know, and it's hard because it's like, well, you're like, well, with Mahomes, he's had so many weapons. He doesn't really need another receiver or tight end. Um, I think they really need to go out there and get a good a good second or third option. That way when people can shut down Hill and Kelsey, uh, you know, they have a, another option to go with. Now, and saying that as a Steelers fan, uh, you know, I kind of don't want that to happen because then they become really unstoppable. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, as far as the Raiders go, uh, you know, the Raiders, we saw a glimpse of uh, MM8 uh, come in during the season. You know, Derek Carr going into the season said, hey, I, 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 you know, stop disrespecting me. You know, I, I deserve respect. Uh, and, and, I, and I think he's in a hard spot because of the team he's in or the team he's, he's, on, he's on the roster for, you know. And so it's hard for me to say, well, I want to give him respect uh, because he didn't do well. Uh, but then again, I mean, without between besides Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs, he doesn't have a whole lot of options. Uh, Josh Jacobs, you know, comes out of the backfield a time or two, but can Josh Jacobs stay healthy? Um, you know, can that run game get going? And so, uh, you know, I don't – Hunter Renfro, I liked him in college. Is he a good NFL talent? I mean, he's mediocre at best. Um, and then they really don't have anybody – Oh, you said, so you said Brian Edwards might be something. And that's true. He might be something. Uh, but that's something we didn't see last year in his rookie year. And so, um, you know – I. Anyway, but I, I'm going to go past the Derek Carr, the offense, and I, I really think the glaring needs the defense. I mean, when you look at them and you just you look at their defense, you know, you could probably go to any position here, uh, but they weren't they weren't they were terrible at pressure in the quarterback. You know, much like the Titans, you know, there's a glare, there's usually a glaring need on defense, uh, and that for the Titans was was pressure in the quarterback, and so was it for the for the Las Vegas Raiders. So. Uh, you know, they only had 50 pressures last year, and that was right up there with the Titans as one of the worst pass rushing teams in the league. And so, for me, I would say get an edge rusher. I don't, I don't know if that's in free agency. I don't know if that's in the draft or maybe a little up on a few in the draft and hope that they work out well. Uh, but I would start with, the, with an edge rusher. And then if you had the draft picks, you had the money in free agency, I would start pushing back to a linebacker, uh, you know, uh, interior defensive line, cornerback uh, safeties, because I, I think – your biggest, your glare, your most glaring need is that defense, and, and you need to start somewhere. So start the edge rusher, and then and then move on back. I like that take. Um, yeah, Brad, I I think offensively, uh, I think really uh, like a veteran wide receiver would probably do them good. Um, they're really young at the wide receiver position, so I think a veteran wide receiver would probably do them a lot of good. All right, the other thing is, or for me, that's not the other thing, but for me, Brad, um, I think that they finally need to replace Khalil Mack. Um, they, you know, I, I think that they really have never been able to really replace Khalil Mack. Um, I think that they, they would make a big difference or this would make a big difference on their, on their defense if they would, um, you know, Khalil Mack, look, I, he's not a, he's not an easy, he, he's not a fine that's just easily replaced. Of course, I'm sure that they have tried to replace him, you know, don't get me wrong, but I, I just think that that's uh, that that's a huge need for them, and and honestly, like Khalil Mack is a kind of is the kind of player that it, it might take more than one player to really replace him. And I know it's been a couple of years since he's actually been on the Raiders, but I just feel like that they have not um, actually been able to replace him, uh, and that's a that's a that's a pretty big deal, Brad. Uh, uh, you know, he's a he's a 
he's a Hall of Fame talent, and you you don't just lose the Hall of Fame talent and then just expect to uh, expect not to uh, replace him with with with, with at least a, a good talent and try to get something out of whoever you replace him with. Um, all right, Brad. Next team is the L.A. Chargers. Honestly, you know, has the Chargers ever had a good offensive line? I, I mean, did did Phillip Rivers ever have a good offensive line? I, I maybe with Ladamian Thomason, but maybe LT. Maybe he, you know, maybe he made it to where it was. Maybe he helped uh, make the offensive line not look as bad. I don't know. Um, either way, um, but yeah, offensive line, like. I don't think it's a surprise that offensive line is an issue for the for the Chargers. Uh, I mean, it seems like it's an issue every offseason, seemingly. Um, you know, they haven't really hit on their draft picks. Um, so maybe instead of the draft, maybe they should try to help out with the free agency. I, I know that uh, the Raiders, we just talked about the Raiders here. They gave up a guy uh, – they gave up a, a, an offensive guard. I can't think of his name at the moment. But, um, you know, because of cap casualties – Maybe you try to bring him in. Um, he's, a, you know, a good a good player. Um, I don't know if it fixes anything. But, again, the offensive line just needs help. Um, so, I, and with a young, you know, gunslinger uh, like Justin Herbert at quarterback, I, I think a, a good offensive line can only do wonders for his development, Brad. And, uh, and so, yeah, offensive line has got to be a must uh, for this Los Angeles Chargers uh, team. Uh, this offensive line improvement. Is, has to be a must for this uh, Los Angeles Chargers team this offseason, Brad, whether it's through the draft again or, or I suggest the free agency and try to get an actual proven player. Um, and maybe that helps a lot more. But either way, Brad, what about the Los Angeles Chargers for you and then go into the Denver Broncos? Yeah, so for the Chargers, you know, I really want to say, like, why did they lose games last year? You know, was it really Anthony Lynn? Was it was it really Anthony Lynn? I I don't know. I, I don't think I could put it all on Anthony Lynn. Um, you know, their defense could not hold leads. They blew three leads of up to 16 points or more. Uh, you know, many teams would be last year the Atlanta Falcons um, or last year the Cowboys. Uh, but in saying that, many teams don't do that. And so, uh, you know, they were top in the league with blowing, you know, blowing big leagues. And why? It wasn't their offense. Um, yes, I think offensive line is a need, but um, – they need to add to that disappointing and depleted defensive line. I mean, they got guys in there, um, and, and I'm struggling with names, but they, they just didn't perform the way that the Chargers thought they would going into the season. And so if they can't continue to hold the run uh, on defense and can't get the pressure to the quarterback, it's not going to matter how many points Herbert and, and company can score. But uh, And so that's the thing. Like, if that's not going to happen, they're not going to make the playoffs. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I, they definitely need to fix the offensive line, but – I think they need to improve their defense, and it starts with the defensive line and, and moves on back uh, to the safeties. And so uh, I think once they can improve that uh, area as their weakness, I think they'll do a lot better next year. And, again, you know, draft the offensive line or two, go out in free agency, try to find some edge rushers, um, and, and that way you can actually do well uh, and hold leads late in the game. Uh, if I'm looking at the Denver Broncos, you know – I. At one point, you talked about it's time to go away from Julak, and you might actually uh, bring that up uh, as we go into the Broncos, Rob. But, uh, you know, Julak tends to be the scapegoat this offseason for the Broncos. Now, is he a great quarterback? We don't know. I don't, I don't know if we've seen enough from him to really determine that. Now, he's a Missouri product, so the first thing that comes to mind is Blaine, Blaine Gabbert 2.0. I mean, that's, that's literally what comes to my mind when I think Missouri and think quarterbacks. But at the same time, I mean – you know, that offensive line uh, didn't do well last year. I mean, Drew Locke, for most of this time, he was running for his life. Uh, he gets injured a lot because he just gets destroyed behind that line. And so, uh, you know, and then the second thing is, like, I, I've also seen arguments of, like, well, the longer they keep Drew Locke there, the worse, they're, you know, they're, he's, just, he's just hampering K.J. Hamler and Jerry Judy's career. But let's just be real. K.J. Hamler and Jerry Judy were one and two in the league and dropped passes. Get so not not like in the AFC West, not for the Broncos, for the entire NFL league, like for the entire league, KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy were one and two and drop passes. So in saying that, I just don't know if I could put all the blame on Drew Locke, but I would say like if I was if I were the Broncos and I were moving forward, I think I would either first go to the offensive line 
try to bolster that, try to improve that, you know, utilize Melvin Gordon well this year if he can produce like he did with the Chargers two years ago. And then, you know, maybe a second look of a spot that really needs to be fixed is that secondary. You know, they lose Chris Harris last year to the Chargers, uh, and they just didn't seem like they ever recovered in that position uh, for the Broncos last year. Um, Brad, I, you know, you know how big of a fan I am of, uh, of Drew Locke, right? Um, and actually, if anyone's guessing, that's a joke. Uh, I'm not a fan of Drew Locke. Um, I have – I often – considered him another Blaine Gabbert or or even a Blake Bortles. Um, and uh, and not just because – not because both of them played for the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, but either way. Um, but, yeah, I've just, I've just often considered uh, him like them. And, uh, yeah, I think he's a bust. Um, but we'll see. I mean, you know, you bring up the drops. Uh, he didn't have Cortland Sutton for most of the year last year. They're, that's their number one guy. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, – I think that I think that he I think that personally I think Drew Locke's got weapons and I think that if if here's one thing and, and I'm about to get into what I think they should do this offseason, but if they don't do it, I think Drew Locke, I mean, if he can't succeed this year, um, I think that it could be an issue uh, or be a big time issue. But um anyways, I think that if someone falls to them, uh they're picking at number nine, Brad. And I think if someone falls to them at nine, um uh, that wasn't supposed to fall, uh, I, I think that they have to take him, personally. I mean, if Justin Fields falls to number nine, if, if Zach Wilson possibly falls to number nine, um, do they even take Trey Lance if he falls past the Panthers at eight? Um, look, I, I think so. I don't know if I would take Mac Jones. I kind of consider Drew Locke. kind of consider Drew Locke and Mac Jones really about the same. Maybe Mac Jones is better, but I don't know if there's a – I mean, in Trey Lance maybe. I don't know. You know, Trey Lance could be a total bust because he's coming from the, what, FCS, right? But um, but either way, um, I, I think if they, they need to pick – if they if somebody falls to them at nine uh, that wasn't supposed to fall, I think you got to take um, – either take them or you trade out of that pick, Brad. Um, now, most likely they would trade out of the pick, but that is what it is. Um. Zach Wilson, by the way, I mean, wouldn't that be something if he went to if he went to uh, if he went to the Denver Broncos, uh, BYU over there, what Utah country, uh, and so uh, not not too too far, um, so he wouldn't have to travel uh, too far. But um, I, I just don't think there's any way that Zach Wilson will be there. Um, but hey, you just never know, right? I mean, anything can make these guys fall, right? Um, and then anyway, so if not quarterback, um, I think you got to improve the secondary. And then I also think that you've got to replace Von Miller because he seems like he's on his way out. So, uh, so maybe, maybe if you don't take quarterback there, maybe if a guy um, and, and Brad, you know the guy I'm thinking of, Mark, Micah Parsons, is that right? Uh, Micah Parsons of the uh, of the of Penn State Nittany Lions. Uh, if he's there, maybe that's who you take. But either way, um, yeah, I, I think the secondary and then replacing Von Miller who looks like he's going to be on his way out, um, is, uh, is definitely a must. But, again, if a quarterback falls to number nine that shouldn't have fell or you didn't think it was going to fall, I mean, don't you take them, right? You got to take them, right? I mean, if you're I, – I just don't think Drew Locke's the answer. But uh, maybe, maybe you give Drew Locke one more chance, one more year, and if he doesn't get it together, then, you know, you just go from there. All right, Brad, let's move to the NFC West. This should be a lot of fun. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks are first. We actually we just talked about Russell Wilson a minute ago, and again, reason why we brought up Russell Wilson this show is because we're talking about the NFC West. Um, look, it, it looks like they need to work on making Russell Wilson happy, Brad. Um, honestly, I mean that 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 really seems like what what's going to do them good this offseason more than anything. Um, but by making him happy. Um, you might have to give him a better offensive line. Uh, you might have to rely on him to throw the ball more than just running the ball. Uh, he wants to. He wants the opportunity. Um, he wants the opportunity to, you know, to to be great stat wise. And and it always seems like Brad with with Russell Wilson, like he always starts out his like career, you know, really well or it's not career, I'm sorry, his season really well, like MVP type well. And then he like, and then he just, 
I don't know, goes and 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 does something that he or maybe they get get away from him and they go to the running game, so his stats aren't as good. Either way, I think that this offseason you got to work on making Russell Wilson happy. If if of course you don't trade him, um, so yeah, give him better offensive line, give him, let him cook. You know, let Russ cook, right? Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, but. I mean, yeah, the defense has needs, but, you know, your, your franchise quarterback being kept healthy and being helped out, it's got to be at the top of the mind. Um, and, yeah, so I, I think uh, keeping Russell Wilson happy, Brad, and uh, doing what, what's best and actually just keeping Russell Wilson, right? Just, I mean, uh, maybe, that, maybe that should be top of the mind too. But, all right, Brad, so what about the Seattle Seahawks and then go into the L.A. Rams? Yeah, so I, I know you said offensive line, and I, I agree with that, but I put in big, bold letters like defense. Defense is what they need. You know, once once the Legion of Boom is no more. And so, uh, you know, obviously that's been the effect for the last few years, but it really showed this year more than any other year uh, since the Legion of Boom has kind of been, you know, disassembled, uh, disembarked and, uh, and moved elsewhere. But uh, they were eating alive this year in defense. I, I don't think that was a secret. Uh, they get better toward the end of the year on their running defense, on their run defense. Uh, but um, I think they really need a cornerback upgrade, uh, whether free agent or draft. I mean, Dunbar, uh, he's supposed to do, look good this year. Like they're like, man, like he's going to do great. They're, they're not going to miss anybody. He's going to do great. Well, he was injured a lot of the year. I mean, like there was a few good plays he made before he was injured out for the rest of the year, but he was injured most of the year. Uh, Shaq Griffin. I, I like that guy, but, uh, he was lit up all season long. I mean, I mean, they they threw to him. I think quarterbacks, if I'm not mistaken, completed like 61% of their passes towards Shaq, Shaq Griffin. I mean, that's that's a little insane. And he also gave up six touchdowns. Um, and then, so I, I think they need to upgrade this position and really start working towards that defensive line. So earlier I was saying some teams need to work at the defensive the defensive line and move back. I think the, the Seahawks need to focus on the back field, back part of the field, the safeties, the cornerbacks and then move their way up to the defensive line. Uh, but but I know, uh, you know, again, offensive line is important. Russell needs to be uh, protected, even if it isn't him. Whoever your quarterback is does need to be protected. Uh, but I think that their focus on their draft and the offseason should be defense and nothing else. Um, I mean, pick up an offensive line here, you know, maybe towards the back of the draft, but I mean, they really need to focus on some high-end defensive players for the first four four rounds at least. Um, and then we go into the LA Rams. So, you know, I, I would, I, going into this maybe a month and a half ago, I would have said their biggest need uh, was quarterback, but that was upgraded at with Stafford. I mean, Jared Groff isn't terrible, but, but I don't, again, I wouldn't put him in tier one or even, even maybe even tier two of the quarterbacks. I think Stafford could definitely be put in tier two um, if he can stay healthy. And so that's the thing. Like, I think the Rams season depends on the health of Stafford. And so I don't know if that's finding a solid, good backup quarterback for him, maybe third round of the draft, maybe somebody else who's out in the league who's looking for a job, uh, who they think they, that they can come in and do well if Stafford is injured. Um, but I would think if you're looking to sign people, so we, in offseason, you know, there's some times, you know, the Houston Texans talk about an owner. Um, I, but but I, I really think for the Rams, I mean, I think their offense theoretically is in good shape. I, I think, I think, honestly, uh, it doesn't look bad unless Stafford gets injured. So, if I were the Rams, I would really look at their defense. And I know their defense was first in the league last year. But if you take away their defensive line with Aaron Donald, uh, with uh, several others that, you know, I could probably name them if I'm looking at them and watching them on TV. But right now I'm forgetting some of their names. But it's a, it's a really solid line. Uh, they had Leonard come over from the Bears. He did well for them last year. He didn't do too well in Chicago, but he's done well since he's been with the Rams. It only been a year. And then that secondary Hollywood with Jalen Ramsey and others, I mean, I think their weakest spot is really a linebacker. Um, and so despite having the, best, the league's best D, uh, I think they need to upgrade to the linebacker. And if Stafford can stay healthy, I mean, just like you predicted uh, in, in our uh, way too early Super Bowl picks, you had the Rams as your favorite coming out of the, the uh, NFC. And I, I, th- I can't remember if I do or not. I, I think I do maybe. Um, but regardless, I think if they can upgrade that linebacker position and Stafford can stay healthy, they can make a Super Bowl run and, and really have not, not sweat too much about it, if that makes sense. Um, Brad, we're actually kind of right on par, really. Uh, you know, honestly, um, a month or so ago, 
I think, yeah, a month or so ago, I would have said uh, find a way to get away from Jared Goff and his contract. But uh, they already did that. So uh, they're right on track, uh, I would say. Um, look, I, I would also say um, – I, or I would have also said how to use their first-round pick. But, uh, look, they took a Goff swing to those, and uh, now they're in the lion's den. Cha-ching, you know, I don't know. I, I, yeah, all right. I'll be here all night, folks. All right, anyways. Uh, linebacker, linebacker, pass rush, um, beside Aaron Donald, I think is a, is a good get, uh, for this team this off season. Um, because look, I, I think if you could get someone that could take the heat off of Donald a little bit, um, he could really eat even more Brad, which is kind of scary. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're talking about, um, teams that has to face the Rams, I mean, um, you know, having somebody alongside Aaron Donald who um, who can be as not as disruptive. I don't, I don't think that there's any player in the NFL that, that is honestly as disruptive as, as disruptive as, uh, as Aaron Donald, uh, especially from that interior defensive line um, position. But, um, but yeah, Brad, I, I think it's just a, uh, I think if you can get somebody to help him out and to get beside him and to, to, you know, to just do, I mean, just to, to take some of that, um, some of that blocking and, and maybe, you know, cause he gets double team, he gets triple team and, uh, and the guy still gets through. So, um, if you can, you know, if you can get him one more one-on-one matchups, it's going to be a nightmare for the opposing team. And so, yeah, I think that you've got to get him some help, um, uh, along that linebacker or, or, um, or pass rush, um, side of the ball. See, so, yeah, defense is definitely a way to go for them. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, Brad. Look, we, I didn't put this in the main thing, but J.J. Watt, uh, he may have helped uh, solve some of their issues on defense. A uh, little surprising that he went to the Cardinals. Uh, I think it was a – I think it was – you know, some people are like, oh, well, you know, J.J. Uh, Watt, so you want to go to, you know, a winning team or whatnot. And, look, look the Cardinals – I mean, if you if you don't think that the Cardinals are on a trajectory to win, then you're just not watching football, apparently. Because the Cardinals are on a trajectory to, to be a winning team. Now, the problem is I think the problem is the is the division they're in. I, can they win their division? Uh, you know, I don't know if they can win their division, Brad, and, and maybe that's their biggest issue. Um, but uh yeah, I think that they won like two games after the Hell Murray. Uh and, and so I, I you know, obviously they, they had a down. They, they kind of went down. But I, I think that this is a team that if they can put it together, they have a lot of talent. Um, but either way, uh, all right. Now, besides, you know, getting J.J. Watt, I mean, what expense did you give up? Or, you know, what – what because, look, they gave him a pretty good chunk of money. What was it, like $15.2 million a year, something like that? Um, that's a lot of money, Brad. Uh, for for an older guy like J.J. Watt, who's – look, he's still disruptive. I mean, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. He had, what, the most double teams um, of anybody or, or at the second or third most double teams out of anybody last year. Um, and he played on a Texans defense that, well, isn't as good as the Cardinals. And, I mean, the Cardinals defense isn't great, but it's definitely better than the Texans. Um, and so – but I, I think because of the fact that you gave him a chunk of money, you're probably now going to lose Hassan Reddick um, especially after, you know, look, and this is something we didn't bring up either, but Diana Rossini, Rossani, however you want to say her name, um, you know, she tweeted out yesterday that, uh, that there would be a, like, basically, you know, just a, a lot of free agent, uh, it would just be like a, a mass, um, I, I can't think of what I'm thinking here, but it's like a massacre as far as like how many teams are going to have to, let go of star players, yada, yada, yada. And this is all next week. So, Brad, we, we, we might have a lot to talk about the next couple of weeks uh, with everything that's going to be going on with players that have to be released and all this good stuff um, before the start of the league year on, what, March 15th, I believe. But anyways, all right, so let me get back to this. So I think that they need to go after another stud tight end, Brad, uh, like a Hunter Henry or a Jonu Smith, um, because while Dan Arnold may be all right, uh, you know, he's really – I don't think he's really that much of a playmaker – um, at tight end, I know he's he's had a he had a couple of plays with with Kyler Murray this past year, but um, you know Dan Arnold doesn't uh, doesn't flash on the screen as a, as a playmaker uh, type at, at tight end for for me at least. Um, now, granted, 
I, I know the tight end position isn't really used that much uh, in the Kingsbury offense, but um, but honestly, uh, you know, maybe maybe that changes if they have a better tight end, and, or maybe that just leads to them not wanting to pay the big bucks for a tight end. Uh, Brad, so what do you think about the Arizona Cardinals and then also the San Francisco 49ers? Yeah, so I, I agree with you, actually. Uh, you know, I – uh, as far as the tight end, but I'll get that into that in just a second. But, you know, I put in here, you know, great. They bolstered their, their much-needed defensive line with Watt. Uh, can he stay healthy? That's the question. Uh, can he produce? That's another question. Uh, you know, do they lose Reddick? And it really doesn't bolster their defensive line like, as much as they thought it would because now they're back to square one with a decent piece on the defensive line but not necessarily a solid full defensive line. Uh, but if I were them, I think I would grab a legit secondary wide receiver to Hopkins. You need you need that second player for him. Uh, you can maybe say Christian Kirk was there, but, but he really wasn't. I mean, Hopkins had 154 targets, and no one else in the team came even close to that. Like not even close to that. And so, so if I were the Cardinals, I'd probably move forward with getting another wide receiver option uh, instead of just having DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is great, so I'm not saying that. But just like any other team, you need a good second option in case you would do shut down DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you have to get, you know, you have to get um, Kyler Murray to be looking more around the field. I, again, I get Christian Kirk, but I don't know if he's the answer for the second option behind DeAndre Hopkins. And then I was also going to say I, I like Dan, I like Dan Arnold. There was a couple plays last year. I was like, man, should I pick this guy up and put him on my my fantasy team? Uh, but I really think that – I mean, you, you throw out some big name there, names there, Hunter Henry, Janu Smith. I think they could easily sign someone like a Jared Cook or a Kyle Rudolph who's recently been released from their team, uh, has produced well. Uh, Jared Cook obviously has been around the league quite a bit, but he's produced well everywhere he's been, uh, you know. And then on top of that, Kyle Rudolph, like, yeah, he hasn't been the Kyle Rudolph from five years ago, but he's still a good tight end. And so if I were them, I think a cheaper option could be a Jared Cook, could be a Kyle Rudolph. Bring him in. Let him be a veteran presence. Help Dan Arnold out. Show Dan Arnold how to improve his game. And then give the Cardinals another tight end option if they need to. And let maybe, maybe let Dan Arnold go back to blocking. Uh, but, but I think you can find a cheaper option than trying to find a Hunter Henry or a Janu Smith uh, or John New Smith. Uh, and so, so there, that's my option, either, either a good secondary, uh, second option at receiver or going out and get signing one of these, uh, these veterans that have been cut from their teams. Oh, and then I'm going back into 49ers. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So the 49ers, uh, you know, they they were pretty disappointing last year, had the Super Bowl slump going on. I had a lot of Garoppolo couldn't stay healthy. Most of that team couldn't stay healthy. Uh, I still think John Lynch is a great GM. I'm hoping to see that happen again this year as they try to recover from a disastrous year last year. Uh, but I think their biggest need is cornerback. And, I, and, I, and there's a lot of positions that, need, that they have. I mean, you could throw a quarterback out there. Uh, you could throw a couple other, uh, other options out there, maybe offensive line. But I really think cornerbacks are biggest need. I mean, Sherman is playing in the fan-controlled football league. Uh, he also is a free agent this year. You know, what happens if he gets injured uh, playing in the FCF this year? What, it, what, what happens if uh, he decides to go elsewhere as a free agent and walk away? I mean, he is getting older. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be a terrible thing if he walked away. I mean, now this was in his prime with the Seahawks. That would be a little worrisome. But, but I don't know if I'd be too worried about the San Francisco 49ers. Um, then also, Verrett, uh, he, had a good, he, had a, he finally had a good productive year. I mean, he's been struggling with injuries before last year and hasn't really been able to produce. Last year, he produces. So the other thing is, like, if and, – and also, he's a free agent. So will they sign him again? That's the question. If they do sign him again, is he going to be able to stay healthy? Is he going to be able to produce like he did in 2020? We, we don't know. Uh, and then you have your last option at Aquila Witherspoon. I mean – he had a good year last year, uh, but for his entire career, he's been burnt toast. I mean, he, I mean, he's just been been destroyed up until last year, and even last year, he still gave up big plays at times. And so, I don't know if he's really your answer. I, I don't, I don't think I can put a lot of stock in the Witherspoon. I don't know if I can put a lot of stock in Bear. I mean, these are guys who either have been burnt or have had to deal with injuries, and we don't know what's going on with Mr. Sherman. Is he, you know, we have no idea. So, if I were the 49ers, I think my biggest focus, at least in the first. You know, four rounds. I would, I would even go for two, two cornerbacks. I would, I would scour the the free agency this year and say, I we need to bolster our secondary because without our secondary, it doesn't matter who we get in at quarterback. Uh, we're going to continue to lose games. 
uh, especially when you're playing against teams like the Cardinals. You know, Kyle Murray, he does run, uh, but he's known to throw. You got Matthew Stafford coming in for the Rams. Well, that's a def- that's an upgrade there at, at, in, in the offense for the Rams. And then you have Russell Wilson, if he stays, uh, you have Russell Wilson there. So uh, in order to go anywhere in this division going into 2021, I think they need to upgrade quarterback. Brad, cornerback is something that I I actually think is a is a big need for them, a huge need really. Uh, and I think that maybe they can fix that in free agency. Maybe they can fix that in the draft. Um, but I I kind of want to keep it and go a step further with this. Um, I think interior defensive line, interior offensive line is probably a need too in a way. Maybe not interior defensive line as much, but um, but obviously you know they have a lot of injuries uh, on that. Off, are on the offense, so maybe the offensive line needs to be showed up a little bit. But uh, I, I'm going to talk about those injuries a little bit here because I, I think, in all honesty, they need to figure out what to do at quarterback. Um, because here's the thing. You know, Jimmy John – Jimmy John. <laughs> Anyways, I, I guess I'm like hungry or something. Uh, Jimmy G, uh, he just doesn't seem like the answer to me. Um, he, he just doesn't. Uh, and and he's, he's a guy that also misses games every year, Brad. Um, and, you know, I think that I, – I think that a guy who you can't count on to be – to play every game, I, is that – can you ever – can you really ever – can he really ever be your guy, right? Um, I mean, obviously injuries happen, but still. Um, and, you know, I've heard the rumors of them being interested in, like, Teddy Bridgewater. But, honestly, why get a guy who's – just as good, if not worse, than a healthy Jimmy G. I, I mean, could Teddy Bridgewater make that uh, pass to Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl? Maybe, but I don't know. I, I mean, I just I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater's better. Um, do you want to give up draft capital for him? I don't know if I'd do that either. Um, and then, uh, look, Brad, they're picking at 12. Uh, I brought up the Denver Broncos earlier. If they had somebody fall to them, well, what if the 49ers had someone falling to them at 12? Um, I mean, maybe the 49ers move up if a quarterback does fall to, say, number nine with the Broncos and they trade. I don't know. Um, but, look, they're picking at 12. A quarterback, maybe they could be there. A Matt Jones, a Trey Lance. I, I really don't think anyone else would be there. Um, could they take you to one? Um, I think that they have a really good team when they're healthy, Brad, uh, maybe outside of the secondary. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think a better quarterback that is actually healthier um, – could get them over the hump. But, again, Brad, I mean, look, I mean, health is something you can't predict, and anyone can get hurt. So, um, uh, but, yeah, I, this offseason, I mean, if they don't fall I, – I think Jimmy G is going to be back this year, I mean, most likely. But I, I think that – I think if, if they don't make the playoffs next year, I think they uh, – Kyle Shanahan's probably on the – he's probably on the hot seat – uh, going into the the year after that, as well as John Lynch, so I think that they that they're going to buy themselves some more time by uh, getting rid of Jimmy G, and maybe they might be on the hot seat going into this year. Uh, who knows? Um, I mean, it's it's just it's it's an interesting time in the NFL, Brad. I mean, anything could happen. And if you, if you're not if you're not being successful, um, teams now are not patient with a rebuild. Uh, they're just not, and so. Um, uh, they're not patient with the rebuild. They're not really even patient with, like, with success, honestly. I mean, if you're not winning the Super Bowl every year, then you're not doing a good enough job, um, plain and simple. So, but either way, Brad, um, yeah. Uh, and then also losing Robert Sala as a defensive coordinator. I mean, how big of a deal is that going to be? That could be a huge deal because, look, uh, they were injured a lot on that defense, and Robert Sala, I mean, you know, they, they still finished, what, the top five as a whole, as a defense as a whole. I mean, that's yeah. I, I don't know how big of an issue that's going to be, but either way, Brad, that is our NFL preview or NFL twenty twenty one off season preview for the AFC and NFC West. Again, if you missed our if you missed the NFC and AFC South um, preview last week, go back and listen to that. And Brad, if you if nothing else, uh, let's go with our golden point of faith. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we talked about cuts. Uh, we talked about uh, veteran tight ends being cut. We talked about, um, you know, the cuts that might happen in the next few weeks in the NFL. And uh, there's no worse time in the league than the NFL cut season. And uh, it might be Black, you know, Black Monday with all the coaches. 
but really it's probably when they start doing all the cuts. And, and it really it's because uh, not only are players being cut from their teams, no one's really safe. I mean, to an extent, like those like uh, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Derrick Henry, Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, some of those guys are going to be safe going into cut season. They're not too worried about it. But outside of the few that are really, really secure, no one's truly safe when it comes to being cut. And, and, I, and I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, nervousness and, and fear in, in the locker rooms, maybe in, you know, group text messages, maybe in private conversations with each other of, you know, am I going to make it next year? Am I going to make it next year? Am I going to be, am I still going to be playing with the, 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 the Broncos? Am I, am I, am I going to be playing for anybody for that matter next year? And so, you know, it, you just never know. I mean, you got to think Jared Cook and Kyle Randolph, I bet you going into this off season, probably weren't expected to be cut. Um, and they were. I mean, Golden Tate is expected to be cut. He, he probably thought, you know, I'm probably in New York for a couple more years. Uh, you know, there's been rumors of Emmanuel Sanders being a cap, a, a cap casualty. And so in saying that, you know, a lot of times when, when that happens, it's unexpected. Uh, and if you listen to a few of our guests from last summer, uh, when a player gets cut, they seem to be in the lowest place of their career. And they sometimes uh, have to think that this is it. Now, now not every player – when they get cut, is like, well, this is it. You know, they're probably going to get on somewhere else. But there are those players who have uh, been trying to get off the practice squad, who who maybe had a chance to start last year, didn't have the best season, and uh, and they get cut, you know, and it's probably the, the end of their career and they have to figure out life after sports. And there's a lot of fear in that. There's a lot of depression that comes with that. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of unknowns that come with being cut. And just like that, uh, you know, we all go through times that life gets hard. Now, now we're not getting cut from our teams, but uh, maybe we lose a job. Maybe we have a family member coming down with a major health issue. Maybe uh, we get in a car accident. Maybe, uh, you know, our house gets broken into. We, we, there's so many things that we, we can list. We can go on for days listing things that could happen to us as uh, human beings that, that just aren't fun. And, and they, get, they make life hard, and uh, we can get depressed, and we, we can be scared because we're not in control. Uh, I think a lot of us, you know, we like to be in control. But the problem is, is just like I said last week, God's in control. And so uh, I want to say something to kind of go off of last week, but also go right into what I'm talking about. And and so I wanted I wanted to ask you guys, if you're listening, and obviously if you try not to answer this out loud, because if you're listening on headphones and you're at work, people might think you're a little weird. But, uh, you know, did you know that the Bible says, do not fear 365 times? Do 365 times in the Bible it says, do not fear. That is one for every day of the year. It's like, how did God know, you know? <laughs> like, I, you know, God knew that we're eventually going to make a 365-day calendar, and he thought, man, I want to make sure we say this enough that every day that my people are are, are encouraged. Now, I'm kind of getting a little free. I have a little freedom in saying that. That's that's probably not true, That, it, but it just seems odd that it just kind of equals out the amount of days we have in a year. Uh, but, you know, here are some verses – well, yeah, so let's get into some verses, because I was going to wait on this, but I'll get into this right now. Here are some verses that God reminds us not to fear, and uh, I'm not going to say all 365, so don't, don't get worried, like, oh, man, we're going to be here for another hour and a half listening to 365 verses. I'm only going to share nine with you. So here goes the nine verses uh, that uh, I really like to the, the, the go back to when I'm, I'm not necessarily scared, but maybe nervous about what's going to happen. Uh, like I said last week, I talked about God in control. I gave you an example of how God was in control of my life, but I'm also not perfect. There, there's times where I do freak out when I don't have control, uh, when things start to get crazy or go south. Um, but here goes nine. So the first one is Joshua 1, 9. Says, and I love this verse, but it says, have I, not, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I mean, he says that to Joshua when he takes it over from Moses. And Joshua could have said, man, how am I going to lead these crazy people? You know, I don't even, I don't even know what's going on uh, to an extent. Um, and so, but, but God reminds Joshua, like, hey, do not, do not be afraid. Like, I, I am with you um, wherever you go. Uh, Psalm 56.3 says, but when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. Psalm 27.1, the Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. And of whom shall I be afraid? Um, and if anybody knew how to be afraid, it was David. If you read the Psalms, David's you know, running for his life, majority of that Psalms. And then he does some stupid stuff. And then he's, you know, again, fearing for his life, fearing uh, for his spiritual walk with God. Uh, and then Proverbs 51, Solomon uh, says, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. 
Uh, and then we can go into we can go to other verses. You know, Psalms thirty four four says, "Seek the Lord, and He will deliver you from all your fears." You know, Second Timothy one seven says, "For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind." Psalms twenty three forty. If you've gone to a funeral, you probably heard this chapter read. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your your rod and your staff they comfort me. Isaiah 43.1, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name, and you are mine. Isaiah 41.10, this is the last verse I want to leave with you today. It says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with your with my righteous right hand, Isaiah 41.10. And so, in saying that, I just gave you a small sample service of all the times in the Bible where it says, do not be afraid. And I know it's hard. It's hard to say, well, Brad, you know what I'm going through. You're right. I, I don't know what you're going through. You know, I'm going through some stuff myself as well. And I, and I mentioned that in other, other golden points of faith. We all go through different things. I get life's not easy. Life's, life's hard. And when you, especially when you look at the NFL, you know, cut season, it's hard. You don't know what's going to happen in the next week or two. You don't know what team you're going to be on. You don't know where you're going to meet your family. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns. Just like in our life, you know, when things start to get crazy, things start to go south. Uh, you don't know where the next what, what the next turn is going to hold. Uh, you don't have control over a situation. I want to leave you with two words. And, and I hope you really do look up some of these vowel verses I mentioned, or just for your own sake, look up, look up what are the 365 verses that say, fear, you know, fear not. Um, but I want to leave you with two words from this devotion. That is fear not. Um, just like last time we said God is in control. I want you to go forward after this. And, I, and honestly, like going into today, uh, I really didn't think that that would be a devotion that just really latched on from last week. Uh, <laughs> it just kind of happened. And so, um, but, but I hope going forward that you can remember those two words, fear not, as you move forward and you don't expect what's going to happen next in your life. Amen, Brad. Amen. Welcome to Golden Point Sports Podcast. You can find us on Apple, YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, and more. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Let us know what you thought in your comments. And go rate us and give us reviews on any other podcast site you listen to. Again, thank you for joining us. And we hope you enjoyed this week's episode.